noise level just sort of dissipates a little bit as the, uh, as the children seem to vacate the facilities. Um, good to see you all here. Uh, thanks for turning up. Thanks for coming and sharing your day with us. Um, hope that you truly are blessed. Uh, for those who are out with the Anzac March this morning, uh, it, was, it was pretty neat to actually see a fair few uh, North Pine students and their families and, and teachers there. Uh, we had, I don't know, it was like 180 or so um, students actually turned up to, to say, you know what, as a community, as a school community, we really appreciate what people have done for us. Um, so that was pretty neat, plus, the, like I said, plus the teaching staff and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that was pretty cool. Like Mitchell was saying there before when we were watching that video, that sort of, he's talking about a bit of that sense of pride stuff uh, coming into, into play when you when you start to think, and maybe, maybe I'm just getting old, hey, like maybe, <laughs> maybe old age is setting in and I don't usually say that too much, maybe, maybe it's like, you know, we know old people always say, oh, maybe I'm getting old, you know, and I don't know, but I, haven't, I don't usually say that too much, but maybe, I'm, maybe I've arrived <laughs> to the old age stakes, but, but there is something about it, mate, and I haven't really contemplated it too much before, uh, about when you start thinking about what people have done for us what other people have done for us. And, and particularly when there's a connection. And I was actually, my boys actually sat around last night and, and knowing that we, you know, the whole Anzac Day and knowing we're fresh, we sort of had a, we were going to do a bit of a special focus for our Anzac, um, Anzac Sabbath. And uh, they said to me, they asked me, they said, oh, Dad, if we have anyone, you know, do we have any relatives that have actually served, done active service uh, for Australia? And I went, oh, I'm pretty sure there is a couple. Like I remember Dad talking about anyway. So I ended up, I ended up talking to my father, and, and uh, I said, Dad, if we, you know, asking the question, if we had any, anyway, I started rattling off a whole list of, of people. Um, nothing, you know, just sort of the average Joe type people. Um, but yeah, and so he started, you know, listing off a couple of people, and um, there was one guy who served in the First World War. He's like my grandmother's uncle or something, you know. Like so, it's a fairly you know, fair way removed from me right now, but. Um, yeah, he, he, he served and was, you know, he was gassed in trenches and he was in hospital and he was wounded doing this and he received um, medals of commendation and all that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden you think, oh, wow, you know, that's pretty cool. There's, you know, people that you don't know have, have helped us out and, of course, people who you may have a connection with. So that's, that's pretty cool. And I guess the whole Anzac spirit type thing, and, and like we said, it's it. We've, purposefully today sort of gone down the, the line of doing something a bit special for Anzac Day and as you may have noticed we're comparing I guess not not trying to parallel but sort of I guess draw some comparisons and I guess also some differences between between what people have done for us and what Jesus has done for us and uh, you know hence the whole the hat the uh, the hat the, the hill and the tree as and thank you for those people who who so bravely, I'll use the Anzac word, so bravely and gallantly read that out for us and got up the front and faced their fears and nerves. Um, I was reading through a couple of different stories about guys who have done some pretty amazing things in service for Australia and I was reading particularly through some of the recipients who had won Victoria Crosses. Now Victoria Crosses, if you may not know, it's the highest um, medal for bravery that you're able to achieve uh, during wartime. And there's this guy called Frank... Frank McNamara, just one particularly, particular story. There's about 100 odd guys who have received medals for Australia um, since Australia's been born in European times, I guess you might say. Frank is a, is a, is a student in Victoria 
Uh, he grows up in Victoria, in Rushworth in Victoria, goes to Shepparton School, and I thought I'd throw this one in because he actually became a teacher. This is before his service. So he actually became a teacher, um, taught, in, taught in local schools, uh, and then war comes around and he goes and he becomes a pilot. And he flew, this is World War I, right? So I'm not talking like pretty amazing planes, I'm talking primitive aircraft. Uh, and, he, and he becomes a pilot. Anyway, he's flying around uh, the Gaza, uh, in Gaza, and he, he notices one of his um, fellow pilots uh, in his squadron is, has put his plane down behind enemy lines and he's, he's out of his plane. And Frank, uh, Frank, Frank McNamara has already been hit, he's already been injured in his leg, he already has an injury. Uh, that he's just received, but he says, oh, here's my mate down the bottom. And I guess this, this story typifies the Anzac spirit. Now, we talk about the Anzac spirit, we talk about you know, courage and endurance and mateship and, and um, sacrifice and stuff like that. And so, he, so Frank, um, he sees this guy down behind enemy lines, he sees out of his aircraft, he's, he's, he's obviously alive, so he puts his plane down beside him and he, he picks him up, he throws him in as well, so now they're both in the plane, in, 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 the, in the good plane, and he goes to take off, but because of his injury of his leg, he actually crashes the, first, the, the second plane. So now both of them are on the ground with two crashed aircraft, uh, and obviously they're not doing so well. So they go back, the, the, the plane they just tried to take off on is a, is a, you know, a write-off, so to speak. That's, that's, it's history, you're not going to be able to get that off the ground again. So they go back to the other aircraft, and they thought, let's try and fix this thing up. So they do whatever they have to do. They get this plane started, get this thing going, and Frank jumps in the cockpit because he's in better shape than the other guy. And even with his bung leg, he has another go at it. So he'll have another shot at this and gets it out. And he gets his aircraft in, in the air and just, just as the other enemy sort of turn up, he's out of there and all those sort of things. You think about these sort of stories. I mean, there's obviously hundreds of stories. And, and again, we're not here to, to glorify war at all. But there are some pretty amazing people who have done some pretty amazing things for us. Um, and, and I guess when you start thinking about what is it about people who, who put themselves in situations where they are completely selfless, where they aren't considering their own well-being, but they're considering the well-being of other people. And, uh, you know, and again, coming back to that whole Anzac spirit type thing, um, you know, people who, who go out of their way, and particularly talking, you know, in really, really critical, crucial, um, high, high cost stakes, uh, and those sort of situations, but coming back to where we are, coming back to us here at Refresh, um, like, does, it, does, does that make any sense? Like, is, is it sort of something that we still do? Is, it, is sacrifice, is, is, is mateship, is courage, is, are those sort of attributes, are they, still, are they still valid? Or is it sort of just like every man for himself now? And even in, and particularly more in a spiritual setting, in a Christian setting, where, well, you know what, you know, Jesus Christ <laughs> wore a hat for us. Jesus Christ was hung on a tree for us. Jesus Christ died on a hill for us. And, and these sort of things, um, do they, you know, these sort of same values, I guess, that, that we often come through with this whole Anzac spirit stuff, is that still, is that still something that, that we try and hang on to? Or is, like I said, or is it just like, well, just, nah, just every man for himself now and just see what happens? So I started thinking about that. And, and I guess I had a bit of a smile on my face when I was doing this and I guess a little bit of a giggle because, you know, if I said to you, or I say to myself, if we say to ourselves, say to each other, you know, are you, are you humble? Are you like self-sacrificing? Most people go, yeah, I'm, ha I'm humble and I'm pretty happy to tell you about it, you know, like, that's all, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, who's humble here? Yeah, we're all putting our hands up, you know, like, that's, 
like often we, we think we are, but are we really? And it's a really difficult question to answer because if I said, if I said, all right, I want to talk to you today about humility and sacrifice and, and you know, self-sacrifice, stuff like that, you're all thinking, yeah, yeah, that's me, but so-and-so over there is not. You know, like it's very easy to think someone else has got the problem and, and it's very difficult to see it in your own self, okay? So I thought I'd have a little bit of a light-hearted, okay, so just keep, keep that in mind, keep those words, light-hearted uh, attempt at maybe a little bit of self-evaluation, okay? So... Here's a few questions you can ask yourself. Now, now if you find yourself, I'll, I'll say this right from the start, if you find yourself thinking, oh, that's a good question for so-and-so, all right, then turn the question straight back at you and you, maybe it's you that have got the problem. You understand what I'm saying? All right, so here we go. Now, so I've titled this, You Might Be Arrogant, okay? So I think arrogance or, or pride is the opposite of self-sacrifice, is the opposite of humility, okay? So today we're talking about self-sacrifice, we're talking about humility, we're talking about looking after other people first, and we're going to get into some of the scriptures where, where Jesus just like rams that home more than you can believe. But, so we're going to talk about that. So I thought we'll, we'll start off with the, with the human condition of arrogance. Okay, so you cool with that? You're right, you're ready to self-evaluate? Okay, so again, light-hearted. You might be arrogant if, while sitting in an exam, the number one student in your class reads the question wrong and bombs out. And inside you, there's a little dance going on. <laughs> all right? You might be arrogant if that's ever happened to you. Just saying, you might be, all right? You might be arrogant if you find yourself thinking, I don't think I'm better than others. I just don't ever want to look quite that bad. Okay? You don't ever want to dress quite that dodgy. You just don't, you got better, I'm, I'm not better than anyone else. I just, I just don't think I'm quite as bad as Neil or someone else. Okay. Okay, Sarah dresses me, so just, just be careful what you... Um, you might be arrogant if you, if you find yourself saying, there sure are a lot of dumb people in this world. Uh, or thinking, you know, you know, like some people think, man, everybody's dumb. Like, when you, say, you know, everybody's dumb. And you might be saying right now, yeah, but they really are. <laughs> you might be arrogant if you have to prove that you're actually right when those dumb people keep questioning you, okay? <laughs> you might be arrogant if you're a victim of other people's stupidity, as in you could do much better if it wasn't for those people working, you know, around you and those other people that are, you know... Okay. You might be arrogant if you think that it's normal to make comment about other people's weaknesses. Let me say that again, you might be arrogant if you think it's normal, if it's everyday practice, to comment about other people's weaknesses. You might be arrogant if the system is stupid and the leadership is clueless every time that you're overlooked. You might be arrogant if you say to yourself, I'll say sorry to God, but I really don't need to embarrass other people or myself and, try and have to apologise. Okay. So I don't know how you went with that little self-evaluation. That was Neil. That's not like thus said the Lord. It's in not, there's no scriptural reference to that. Um, that's just something that, that I sort of put together. But quite often we don't, we don't self-evaluate, I guess. Or it's, always, it's always someone else's problem. It's always like, oh, it's, it's them. They've got the issue. They're... But I think there's some pretty strong parallels between what Jesus did for us and what some of our servicemen and women have done for us, in that when they are united, when they are, have a common cause, when there's something 
that you can be in one accord with, then some pretty amazing things can happen. If you've got a Bible, Philippians chapter 2. Uh, if you haven't got a Bible, we'll have it up here on the screen, hopefully. Yep, Simo's nodding. Um, and we're going to read through a passage here in Philippians 2. And this is like, when you sit and think about this passage, man, it's powerful. There's some amazing things here. And, and there's things that you'll probably think about that when, as we read this that I might not have picked up on. But there's some pretty touching things going on in this passage. Now, Philippians is a, um, is a city, is a place that Paul, the event, Paul, like the missionary, Paul's the guru when it comes to, like, he, he was the guy that's got, got a lot of credit for, you know, really spreading the word of God throughout a, a whole bunch of different places. And the, and the, place, the Philippi, this place called Philippi, is one of them. Now, Paul, by this time, is a political prisoner. So he's actually a prisoner of the Romans. And he's, he can't go anywhere. He's under arrest. But he's still writing letters. And people are still talking to them. So while he's, he's, while he's stuck, as a, you know, stuck in his prison, his house arrest, whatever he was, he's, uh, he's, he's writing these letters. Uh, and he's, in this case, he's writing back to the Philippians. And he's really encouraging them. He's, he's trying to build them up. And he's trying to just tell them to you know, keep strong and keep going. And so here he goes. In Philippians chapter 2, um, we start off. And we're going to read about 10 or 11 verses here. But in, first, in the first verse here it says, If any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his, from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... In other words, what he's saying here is going... If any of you uh, have anything to do, if want anything to do with this Jesus stuff, if you want anything to do with this God stuff, if you ha- if you if you call yourself a follower of Christ in any particular way, like if you if you think that you're on board with this stuff, okay. So he's trying to say, look, if you if you have any inclination, keep listening. He says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in the one Spirit and purpose. So here Paul's saying. He's saying, look, if you, if you were in any way switched on about this God stuff, he said, then, then make me happy. He said, like, do something for me, will you? As, as we'd probably say it, do us a favour. He said, he said, be like-minded. All right, what does that mean? All right, so one accord, one focus, one, one theme, one, one, um, one purpose to what you're doing, and that is spreading the word of Jesus Christ, okay? So, so be like-minded, have the same love, that's pretty sort of self-explanatory. You sort of like, you know, love each other, love, love other people around you. Being one in spirit and purpose. Be united. Obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously, and you, <laughs> the parallels are so many. Obviously, if you talk about a, a military type of an exercise, uh, if people aren't sure about what they have to do, if their purpose is confused, if they aren't united, then the team will fall. And that doesn't just talk about military. You talk about a sporting event, whether it's any, any type of team event. If the team is divided, when there's, uh, when there's discord within the team, like, there's not a lot of chance of things working out at all. It just doesn't happen. And particularly if we talk about the ANZAC, we talk about military-type stuff, it's, it is a matter of life and death. If we talk about a sporting arena, well, okay, you lose the game or whatever. But there's no, there's no people who are, who are going to be heroes in their own right just because they want to be the best for themselves. Yeah, there's people who stand up and all that sort of stuff, but they stand up because they give back to the team. And this is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying exactly the same thing. Same thing's going on here. He's talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about the, belie- the, the, the group of believers, the, the, the group of people who we call the church, all right? which just means a, a, an assembly of people. And that's, that's the literal word for the church. The ecclesia is an assembly of people. It's, it's a group of people, nothing to do with what building you meet in. It's just when there's a few of us that sit around and we've got the same pur- purpose, we've got the same view, we've got the same idea of what we should be doing here, and that's spreading the word of God. 
said, if you can do that, if we can come together united, yeah, look, the church is full of people and sometimes we don't always you know, get it right and there's people like me who, who, who make mistakes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, get that. But when we have the same purpose, when we're still following in the same direction, he said, then something pretty special can happen. Verse 3, here he goes. He rams it home a little bit further. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. He says, It's not for yourself. It's not here. We don't come to, you know, he said, you don't, don't, don't come to this group of people, this assembly, this church. Don't come to this group of people to get something out of it for yourself. He said, But you come to put in. Don't do something out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Conceit's like pride just because you, you think, oh man, I'm pretty special here because I get to be up the front or I, you know, I get to sing or I get to play or I get to preach or I get to press the buttons. No, no, it's nothing to do with that. It's everyone putting in and doing their own bit and it's everyone contributing, not just one person running the whole show. And sometimes in any group, in any sort of thing, there's, sort of, there's more people that may be more visible but doesn't mean they're the ones that are pulling, pulling it all together. It's everyone has their different roles. And so don't do stuff out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but, here it is, but in humility, but in humility, consider other people better than yourselves. How does that work? I mean, you can sort of, like, that's like, come to a group like this, come to a, you know, a church, you know, a group of fellow believers, and you can sort of think, oh, yeah, yeah. You put that back into a military sense. You put that back into a sense where it's a, it is a matter of life and death. And... And it's sort of, I guess the parallels are pretty strong, but I think it's the same for us, in that when you think of other people are more important than yourself, what do you do? It's self-sacrifice. It's putting yourself on the line. It's actually protecting your mate because you're saying, I'm prepared to take, one, take a bullet for you, literally. In a military sense, I'm prepared to take a bullet for you so that you can live. That's the sort of self-sacrifice that we're talking about. That's the level of... It's not about ripping someone down. It's about, it's about you know what, I'm going to protect my mate. And the whole Anzac spirit, you know, mateship's one of them. I'm going to protect my mate. I'm going to protect the other person in, you know, within my group at any cost to my own detriment. Consider others, in humility, consider others better than yourself. That actually takes some guts. Well, that's not an easy thing to do. That's not like... That takes some courage. Like, you know what, when someone else has taken a hit, you stand up there for them. Like, that's, that's pretty big. That means that you might not come home, but they get to go on. That means that your reputation in a church thing, that, or, or whatever setting is, that means you, you, know, you might be battered up a little bit, but you're protecting other people within your group. That's pretty big. That's different to, to sort of like being you know, really a, a place where no one's really on the same page. This is, this is tight. This is, this is a pretty humming place. If people are doing that, if we had a few reality check questions and we sort of ask ourselves, you know, those real hard questions and we're really honest with ourselves and we found that to be the case, if we found people were willing to, to you know, what, to, to step in and help no matter what or to, you know, support no matter what, you know that you're going to have a pretty tight group. You know that your group's going to be one purpose of one accord and it's going to be making some pretty decent mileage as in, you know, some, some doing some pretty great stuff within their community. That's pretty cool to have, to have that sort of place. I'd love to think, and I, I have no reason not to, but I'd love to think that Refresh, we're, we're going all right in that regard. And let's keep doing better. Each of you should look out not only for your own interests, verse 4, each of you should look out not only for your own interests, but also the interests 
of others. So if any of you played a, if any of you ever played a, uh, a team sport, and I imagine probably nearly everyone here has at some stage, but particularly when you get a little bit competitive, a little bit sort of, you know, maybe not just in the playground with your mates playing soccer in grade five or something, but, but once, you, once, you, once you start playing, you, you know, you get into the training level a bit and stuff like that, um, you start to realise that you can't do it by yourself and that you really, really need a team to win a game. And that's what we're talking about here. He says, each of you should not, not only look out for your own interests, but the interests of others. It's about, you know what, in true humility, we get there as a team, we get there as a group. And that's, that's, that's the model. That's, that's why, I guess, that's why we come and sit in a, sit in a room, you know, on a Saturday morning and, and we look around, there's 60 or 80 other people doing the same thing. Uh, I think that's why we do it, because I think we can do so much more together as a group than we can as individuals. Um, I think there's, I mean, it's certainly a biblical model, but it's something that, um, that just holds true. All right, verse 5. And I guess this is where it comes down to Jesus stuff. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. In other words, be like Jesus. Okay, so remember that in these next few verses. I want you to be like Christ. I want you to follow along like Christ did. Who, being a very nature of God, not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, he was God. He is God. He was, from, he was God in the middle. He, uh, in the start, I should say. He was God in the middle. He's God in the end. He's, he created the earth. But he went, being a God? Yeah, there's something better than that. That's weird. Okay, I'm just saying, like, I'm not calling God, but you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's huge. He didn't, consider a, he, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, being the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Became a baby human um, and came to earth, changed his form, was a God, now he's not a God. Okay, as in the form of a God. He now takes the form of a human. He comes down, and as we heard that little story, you know, like he sat in a feed trough, um, the lowest of the lows. Verse 8, And being found in appearance of, as a man, he humbled himself. There's that word come through again, that humble, that like complete self-sacrifice, that, that other people are better than me. I'm just going to, I'm happy to sit in the background here and do whatever I can for others because I want to lift them up, no matter what the price is for me. Being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. I don't know how many times, and sometimes we, we think about it, and other times we might not have thought about it for a while, but the thought that, you know, here's this God in heaven who creates these people. These people go off the rails, they do completely crazy things, they sin, they kill each other, they do all sorts of nasty stuff going on. But he says, I love them so much, I'm going to become one of them, even though I know that they'll eventually turn on me and kill me as well. Like, oh, how do you get your head around that? Like, um, that's what he does. He becomes the lowest of the low. He becomes the weakest of the weak. He, he comes down, he, he's, a, he's a useless baby. Now you think about, now, like, don't get me wrong here, but babies are quite useless, right? Um, you have this little newborn baby. If I sat a little newborn baby there on the carpet, like, that's it. That's where it stays. Like, I'm not being nasty, but you know what I mean? They're quite useless. Like, like they need other people to take care of them. Um, that's what Jesus became. He became so, he, he became a complete helpless uh, little baby uh, that other people had to take care of in human form. That's how low he got. And then even as he grew up and as he got older and became a man and did his ministry, then they turned on, turned on, him, and turned on him and tortured him to death. That's, that's, that's what Paul's talking about. Paul's saying, I'd love it if you could do that. 
I'd love it if you could actually get to the place where you were willing to, to, um, to get into your group of people, your church, your ecclesia, your assembly, you know, the, the group of people around you that will come together and worship Christ together. And if you could, if you could have that same attitude, it's going to go off. If you could have that same attitude of, you know what, that person or this person or that person, doesn't matter who else is here, but I'm going to have their interests at heart and not just, not just my own. That's something that's pretty amazing. See, our, our culture, I guess, is set up for, it's all about me. Our culture, like, you know, walk outside and you'd see it on the TV, you, you, you drive around, you, you people you talk to, it's all about what can I get out of this? What can I, what can I, I have? How can I gain some sort of leverage? How can I get some sort of advantage? How can I cut someone else down so that I can get up? That's, that's reality, that's what happens. Um, and we compare ourselves to, we compare ourselves to each other, uh, we, 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 we try and get to the top of the rung. That's our culture. Here, Jesus, here Paul is talking about what Jesus did and he said, no, no, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. It's not about you trying to climb up, it's about you trying to lift others. It's about you going to the bottom and helping others up and lifting them and helping them get higher and helping them to, get, to grow. Um, you know, like I said before, the divided we stand, uh, sorry, united we stand, it's divided we fall. We've heard that saying before. It's true, think about that. Once you start, like, you think about any organisation, don't, don't worry about a church right now, put yourself outside the church mould, but any type of organisation, any type of workplace, um, you think government, um, you know, if it's a divided government, it's toothless. There's, no, there's nothing, it can't do much because everyone's like, as soon as, some, as soon as they move in a particular direction, everyone else cuts them down. An organisation, a workplace, if there are people who are, who are working in that workplace, if, if they don't get on and people might not get on with the bosses or the bosses might not appreciate the workers or, or this department doesn't like that department, whatever it is, if, when that takes place, the effectiveness of the workplace is, it, it, just, it's, it takes a huge dive. And it's the same when it comes to, to churches or, or to groups of people who are here to you know, refresh our vision is, you know, is growing followers of Jesus. We want people to be able to find who Jesus is and to grow, in, grow towards Jesus and to grow into Jesus. No matter who you are, no matter if you're brand new to this whole Christian thing or you've been around for a long time, there's still room to grow. And that's what we would love to see happen here. Every single person to be able to not just, not just to come to refresh each week and go, oh, that was nice, but, but to actually continue to grow and to actually take responsibility for their own journey and to come to the group and help each other take steps in that journey. But if we're divided, it's never going to happen. If we're divided, it's not going to work. Um, if we want to, I guess if we want to put this into practice, um, if, we want to, if we really want to make, make our, our group, our church, our, our refresh, um, and if you haven't been here before, you're now part of our family, all right? Like it's, we want to just make sure that people feel really really welcomed but you know what it's actually a little bit more than that i can actually go to bunnings and feel really really welcomed i can go to, to you know to 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 coles and get this really nice person on the checkout and just go hey how's your day and i feel i feel like they oh that's nice and they have this all right so it's more than just and that's a good thing all right that's not bad and hopefully hopefully if this is your first time if you haven't been here too many times to refresh hopefully you feel like people are friendly here um, and, and for their regulars, I hope that you still feel friendly here. I hope that, 
that we're willing to, to, to get around our people and for everyone to, to, to feel like this is actually at home. And by at home, you mean um, you feel like I'm really comfortable here. I'd love that to be the case. And I think it's not too bad, but I'd love to think that's, that's how it is here. And I'd love to continue to work towards that direction. But you know what? It's probably a little bit more than that as well. It's more than just saying hi and how are you. But there's, there's that element of, you know what? I want to do life with you. I actually want, to, our, I want our lives to overlap. I want our time together, not just to be like, oh, you know, here you go, Jason, and hello, Mel, like, you know, and that's it. But for people to actually help each other in the, in the journey, in the spiritual journey particularly, and do life together. And there may be an element of sacrifice there may be an element, and sometimes it might be an element of courage. You know, sometimes, and I know there are people like, oh, no, I'm too shy, I can't talk to anyone. I get it, right? Like, I understand that. Like, that was, that was me. I used to, you, you go, yeah, whatever, Neil. I, I won't go into the story, but, all right, just take my word for it for now. I'll tell you the story another time. But I get it, I understand. And sometimes that courage of just going, I really should go and talk to someone. I'd, I'd love to invite them to, you know, do whatever or, you know, go out on a Saturday night or... or have lunch or I don't know, whatever it might be. But it's like, no, oh, I'm pretty scared to do that. And other people are like, oh, man, that's easy. That's okay. Sometimes that takes, takes a bit of courage. Um, friendship, mateship. So all those, all those sort of similar things just that we talk about, that whole Anzac spirit. Mate, it's, what, it's the same stuff that Jesus is talking about. It's that self-sacrifice. It's about getting out there. You know what? It's about being real. It's about... It's about doing life together with Christ and I think, I think there's some pretty um, amazing things that can happen and have, I've seen happen too, already too and again as I said before you know together if we are united together if we I guess want to pull through to, we can actually help other people grow towards Christ we can actually help people who may not have even come to refresh yet to, to say, you know what, here's an opportunity, here's a place, it's not the only place, there's other places there as well, and, and beauty, all power, you know, the spirit works in all sorts of places, but here, our little unique niche is that we have some pretty close contacts with our school, and, and our little, you know, community around our school, and we have a great opportunity to pull together, to actually, to be united, to actually show some of these attributes, and to show some people some pretty amazing things that God has already done for us, and I'd love to see that happen and to continue to happen. I'm going to tell you a story, another story about a guy um, who received the Victoria Cross. Uh, so the same award as, as Frank McNamara did, but this guy, uh, you may ring a bell uh, for those people who might follow it a bit closer than others. You'll go, yeah, yeah I remember this story, because it was only a couple of years ago. And this guy, uh, Cameron Baird, he's uh, Tassie, or born in Tassie, uh, he trained up as a special forces a commando and went over to Afghanistan. And he was leading a, a group of other commandos. They were going into this particular um, place where there was all this insurgence, all this sort of stuff. Um, but he led, he, led this, he led these people into this uh, attack where they were trying to clear out some, um, some of these guys, some of these insurgents uh, in Afghanistan. And during that battle, he... He repeatedly, he repeatedly went in and actually drew fire 
drew, drew the enemy towards him so that his other mates could actually do what they had to do and that his other mates could actually be effective in, in, in their mission. And on three particular occasions, he actually, he actually did this. The first two, he came out all right, but on the third, he took a hit and he didn't make it home. And he was, um, yeah, so he's obviously he was killed in battle. So he's this guy who goes in and, and completely self-sacrifices his own life for his mates because he, he said, right, I'll, I'll take the fire away, you guys um, do what you've got to do. And you can read about the story. Uh, it was June 2013. But he received the Victorian Cross. Now, I'll read you a couple of the... Um, I just want to read you a couple of the lines that his brother and then his father said about, about Cameron. Uh, it says, Cameron never liked... The, this is his brother... His brother wrote this and they, when they awarded it. You know, obviously there's big ceremonies, all that sort of stuff. So he, he gave these couple of lines. Cameron never liked the limelight. He was a very humble man who would not see this as an individual award but recognised, but a recognition of all at two commando and that was his unit. So in other words, he's saying, it's not just this award shouldn't go to me. He's saying, this is, the brother's saying, look, I'm sure this is how he is. I'm sure that if, if he was here, this is what he'd want to say. Uh, it's not just for me. This award's not just for me. They're all in it together. We're all in it together. Uh, his brother goes on to say, we accept this award not only on behalf of Cameron, but for all his brothers, his team, his company and his regiment. Then his father says, his father Doug, he said his son was an outstanding sportsman and as a young man he was humble about his work as a soldier. He was, a very, he was very shy in the fact uh, he was more... Sorry, I'll start that again. He was very shy in the fact he was more for putting any praise on the actual unit itself, his team. He was an extremely humble sort of a person that probably would prefer to see the things, uh, this thing deflected. In other words, what he's saying is he don't reckon he'd be real comfortable about this because that's not what he did. He didn't do it for himself. He was a, he was a team player. He was someone who was keen to, to put in, not for self-recognition, but in, in humility, consider other people more than himself. I'm just going to read verse 4 of uh, Philippians chapter 2 again. Each of you should look out not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so very much for what you have done. And I guess this is a day of remembering people who have done some pretty amazing things for us. We have a pretty cruisy lifestyle because of... of some extreme sacrifices that many have made for us and, and want to say thank you. But I guess take it to the next level. We have a pretty cruisy lifestyle. We have a, an amazing life, particularly one you know, laid up in heaven, one in the, for the future because of what you've done for us. And we want to remember that. We want to take a moment and just to say thank you and just, just to contemplate that just for a little bit about what you've done. And that's pretty awesome. I pray... I sincerely pray, Jesus, that we can be like you. I pray that, that we can be just honest with ourselves and that we, can, that we can have that same attitude that you did, just like Paul instructed the Philippians to do. He said, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do me a favour? I pray that we can do that as well. I pray that we can just be ready to serve no matter what and we can do life with you and we can do life for you. Thanks, Jesus. Amen.